Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, it's episode 7, season 7 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good evening. And back for the first time this season, Zoe Pearson from Watford. Hi, guys. Hello. Right, um, six games into the league season. Um, just another 32 to go before we're crowned league champions. <laughs> you weren't going to mention it, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, just 32 to go. The, um, the win last night at Burnley... Um, that's surely that, that that's 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 the stuff of champions going 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 to going to Burnley on a cold Monday night in in October, um, grinding out a one nil win. Indeed it is, indeed it is, and we got what we sort of expected was a side who are not hitting form. They need the points, and they were going to make it extremely difficult, and they did. We matched up. Um, a very physical side. I mean, they kept Harry Winks at home. I think he was too lightweight for this game. There was going to be a lot of battering going on. So this always had the feeling of a, a, a war of attrition, really. And that's what it turned out to be a bit. Did we, David, did we show them a little bit too much respect? I was just reading an article today in the Evening Standard um, from uh, Dan Kilpatrick's um, suggesting something along, along the lines of, well, I mean, he was sort of saying it was, it's, it's academic now, the point he was making in that, you know, we, we, we went there, we've got the result, which is, which is all that matters. But the suggestion was perhaps, or I think his view... Um, during the game, before before we scored, um, when we did, was that perhaps we showed them a little bit too much respect, and perhaps we. It was implying that that the manager that Mourinho perhaps doesn't trust the players to play in certain matches, like for example against Burnley, the expansive style maybe that we've seen in other games, and and we were perhaps a little bit over over cautious. Is that a fair? Assessment I, or yeah, I, th- I think it's a reasonable question. I don't know about assessment, but I think it's a reasonable question to ask. Did we pay them too much respect? Well, I guess because of the side he picked, it's a Mourinho way. He, he's a little bit of a safety first man, isn't he? I, I, it's going to stop the opposition first rather than um, bang them down with three or four goals in the first half. Uh, the fact that we have done that. I, I think has been an absolute mm. bonus but it's not something I think he tries necessarily to do and yes he showed him respect because he sort of matched them up with um, very phys- great physicality in the players having Sissoko I, I think um, Sissoko is not that yesterday's man but we're starting to see a development now of the side Sissoko is going to be sidelined but last night for sure he was there because of his physical presence uh, and there was going to be a little bit of a battle out there. So yeah, I, I, th- I think the guy's got a got a good point. Um, but as you said right at the beginning, it's a one-nil win, yeah. which every one of us would take every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Absolutely, and it's it's it's, it's always been a difficult place 
to to go for for us and for any team to get to get results. I know I know there've been occasions in the past where um, I think this was a few years ago Kane got a hat trick, and there was, there was another occasion um, uh, about three years ago when when we got there and uh, we won two nil. But but certainly the the, the two nil victory was uh, a few years back was 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 difficult. And apart from the the I think it was three or four nil, and on another occasion, apart from that occasion when Kane scored a hat trick, it's always been difficult. You know, more recent times there was the one all last season um, when Don Bele was criticised by Mourinho, um, taken off at half time. There was the the defeat the previous season um, that ended with Pochettino confronting Mike Dean after the game. So it's it's always a difficult day, game, and yeah, you could I suppose the answer is yes, you could you could play your own game but it's it's risky and I, and, and I think with, with Mourinho it's, it's a percentages game and, and he's, he's looking to first and foremost get 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 do what he can to, to, to nullify the, the threats from, from the other team and, 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 and get 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 the result it you know on another I suppose what I'm saying on another occasion we could quite easily be sitting here and, and be talking about um a, 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 a defeat, but as it is, um, we set us up in a particular way, and we 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 ground out a good good result, and, and we're deserved of the three points. So we had you sit. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think those sorts of teams, the West Broms, the Stokes, the you know, they've always been our sort of Achilles heels in terms of the teams we come up against. You know, invariably we'll be on a good run and and, and we'll get a, a, a poor result, a 1-1 or, or lose those sort of games 1-0 ourselves. And then, you know, a question then hangs over our heads about our naivety. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jab, where you said that, you know, yesterday was all about um, the result. You know, we'd hit the post a couple of times in, in, in the few results that we've had this season where we should have walked away with all three points no doubt and I think the longer that those sorts of results carry on the more questions that are drawn from the likes of the media and, and fans and and I think Mourinho knew yesterday that it was you know even though it wasn't a sparkling fixture I think it's one of his most important games that he's that he's had so far this season in terms of putting a marker down and saying right collectively your objective is to defend and not concede and the fact that we got a clean sheet on top of the victory as well I think that is a huge tick in mm. my personal uh, view as, as a fan watching even though it wasn't necessarily the, the sparkling spectacle that a few weeks ago we, we put up against Man United but as Mourinho himself said after the game we still got the same points trumping United 6-1 and then and obviously grinding out the 1-0 win last night against Burnley and so you know for me at the moment it's all about trying to reach a level of consistency in terms of how we play and the level of performance and I think you know we'll obviously come to it more later on in the pod but you know I don't think statistically you, can, you can't you can't argue with how Kane and Sonny are, are playing at the moment and the numbers that they're hitting it's just ridiculous yeah, once once again, the delight to watch those two deliver the goods. Just just on the um, 
the, the, the clean sheet, and that I totally agree that that was really important that we got that under our belts. If you look at the form this season, and this is something that I saw posted on social media, I haven't verified it, but um, I don't that off the top of my head, but I, I'd imagine it's correct. So in, in all competitions, we've had a sequence of a li- um, one loss against Everton at the start of the season, followed by three three wins. That's so that's in all competitions. Then a draw, then three wins, then a draw then to win so by and large that's you know that's very good form but you could you could and and, and the, the united game is obviously the standout game um southampton game as well first half against west ham um getting the job done in the european games early on in the league cup um but you could there, there are quite you know there are um question marks you could of, of polls that you could pick um, in that sequence insofar as particularly for example our defending, conceding goals um, particularly at home in the league not being able to hold um, leads um, conceding quite a few goals at home on the back of set, pe- set pieces and and last night we didn't and that, that's a really good step in, 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 in the right direction I think we made great strides in, in those first few games compared to where we were last season um, and I think we've, we've taken it one step further last night um, as difficult as it, as, as it was to watch at times I think you know, getting the result grinding out that result and getting a clean sheet will do will do us a world of good and, and hopefully we can push on push on from there Do you think that's our best centre back pairing Dyer and Toby? Uh, um yeah, well, we don't know much about Rodon um, in the top flight. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I've seen very little of it, little of him, and what I've seen, what I've heard about, you know, he's a top defender. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see. Um, you know, that that that's obviously an unanswered question. We don't know, but off off the other players you've got, yeah, I'd probably I'd say so. Yeah, other than. The, those two don't have the pace of Sanchez. That's the only thing I would throw at them. But I think I've got more confidence in that pairing than I do in either a Sanchez Dyer or a Sanchez out of Herald. Um, t- Go on, David. I was going to say that's the point, though. You just put your, your finger on it. Uh, Sanchez has the pace. It wasn't needed last night. There is a there is a mistake in Sanchez now and again. Uh, he's a little bit uh, unreliable for that. Um, but yeah, it, uh, we don't know the best side. Mourinho picks a side, just as you went back to the um, Evening Standard the reporter, um, making a, a point that uh, showing him too much respect and picking a side to play Burnley, and that's what he did. And, and a centre back mm-hmm. pairing um, comes into that category. That San- Sanchez probably wasn't needed probably a good time to rest him. Dyer is a big lad, can hold himself. Toby, clearly last night, um, was one of the best players on the on the pitch, showed his quality. Um, so they were the best pairing last night. Mm. Whether they'll be the best pairing, should we say playing against Leicester, who've got Vardy, then I'm not so sure. They'll probably bring Sanchez, he'll probably bring Sanchez in for that one. Yeah. So that's the best pairing. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, yeah, that's good. I, I was I was actually going to throw the question back at you and say if we played Liverpool and faced Salah, Mane, Firmino, who would what, what would your pairing be, or would, or would you go for a back three? What, I'm, I'm fascinated to know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't play a back three against them because I only leave one up. No, I would, um, I would certainly keep a four at the back, and I would definitely play Sanchez with Mane there, and um, probably Toby again. I keep Dyer on the bench. Mm. At this, at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. You mentioned Toby's performance. Um, either of you um, had a man of the match yesterday? Was was it Toby? Was it somebody else? Go on, David. All right. I was going to say, mine is... I know it's a very small margin, but Hoiber. I thought he was once again all over the pitch putting those hard yards in. It's difficult to say not Sonny, and it's difficult to, to not say it was uh, Alderall, but just nicked it for me was Hoiber. He just was mm. everywhere. By the way, I would like to have a mention of Hugo Lloris. Um, all right, he, he's unlikely to get man of the match. He didn't have enough to do, but what he did do, uh, he clearly, someone said last night, and I thought, yeah, I, I bet that's true. They've been sticking in high balls and battering him while he punched him out because he was going to get a battering of a Barnes and Wood and, and he had to face that and he did face it so I thought he had an excellent game and he's been excellent this season so far Larice has when he's played agree and I agree with, agree with you on Hoiberg I think that, that there's been a few matches before where he's played really well I can't remember which game it was um, must have been maybe the United one and quite a few of our fans had, had him down as man, man of the match and I think I had maybe Kane down as or maybe it's a West Ham game. I don't know. One of those, I think I might have had Kane down. Um, not not to say that Hoiberg didn't play well in the, you know, but had a good, yeah. uh, he had a good case. But I sort of felt, felt guilty last night. There was a lot of a lot of fans were saying Toby was man of the match, and I thought, no, no, this time I'm going, I'm going to um, Hoiberg's Hoiberg's my man. Zoe, that's a that's a triple thing for Hoiberg then, because I was going to say I was going to say Hoiberg as well. I oh. think what he's what he's done to that midfield since he's come in. I just think he's completely rejuvenated. He's, he's exactly the sort of player that we've needed for a, for so many seasons. And uh, aside from maybe the opening game of the season, he's just been Mr. Consistent throughout every single every single match. And he's, you know, he might not get the plaudits that the Son and Canes will, but he's, what he's done to our our team, he's completely, you know, he's definitely the right man for the job. In he, my opinion, he was everywhere. He was, he was just yeah. all over the place. Um, to, to paraphrase something that <laughs> Daniel Levy said to um, to Mourinho in the in the in the, um, the All or Nothing documentary, he must run around a lot. <laughs> I mean, he said that he said that in in relation to Winks, but um, this the sort of tr- true of Hoiberg. He was all, he's all over the place. Yeah, um, uh, looks fair. I, I felt like the first game. Against Everton, I, I didn't feel feel that he was fully. I could, could say this about any one of our players. I felt, felt some of them looked a bit sluggish that day, but it, it, maybe it was just early in the season. But I think from a fitness point of view, he looks he looks really good. He looks he looks sharp. Um, the corners that you mentioned, Larice, the corners, uh, a couple of the corners that um, Burnley put in, I thought were, um, that, that they were sort of well. Yeah. Well rehearsed routines, um, and they did seem to cause problems. But we did, 
again, we did it was a good test of our character because we've not only yeah we've kept a clean sheet, but we've managed to defend those set pieces. There was one one of course where my heart sank for a minute, but Harry Kane made that superb clearance. Incredible, wasn't it? Incredible. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. He he has that um, six sense. Um, he has his six sense in defending. Um, he did against West Ham actually. He spread himself on the deck, didn't he, to block a shot. Um, defending then. Um, he has a sixth sense of knowing where Sonny is when he's on a run, if he's come deep and turns and shoots. And He has a sixth sense of nowhere to be in the box, which is something all great strikers have. Is, um, he, a to- is he a total footballer? Yeah. 100%. I'd say so. 100%. Yeah. As much as anyone can be. But yes, um, he's, he's defending now. He's coming. It, there, there is no one better to pick a pass out. Can you think of anyone be able to pick that pass out to Sonny the way he did against, say, West Ham um, that in the early on, just round, just, just well, round the back? I can't think of a better striker than him, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't, shouldn't, but you, know, you don't associate associate those sort of balls and assists from a striker. Yeah, they can, they can, they they chip in over the course of a season with. Good strikers chip in with, with their fair share of um, assists, but not to the extent that Kane has, and not not to the ability, not to the way that I mean, it's reminiscent of, say, De Bruyne. Um, if you're going to think of somebody at the moment play, uh, playing, uh, yeah, but, but you see, Harry Kane can play in gold as well. Yep, <laughs> he's proved that. Um, Everything. Right, we had, let's just see a couple of comments. We had a comment from Gilly, Twitter handler, as I know, Al Gilzine. Is it just me or is it beating Burley? He says, no misspelling. So very satisfying. Yeah, it is. Um, I I won't be. I mean, I think he's doing a, the manager there, um, Deich, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's, they've only spent, I think, 65 million, I don't know, in the last few years, which is not very, certainly not compared to a lot of teams in the Premier League so he's running on a budget he keeps them there or thereabouts he knows what his team can do um, he sets them up as he did yesterday wait for set pieces and we'll batter them we'll get our goal that way um, that's what he does it's not pretty If and I'm pleased that we did beat them and I won't be unhappy if they go down uh, it's not a team that I particularly like in the Premier League but Daesh is doing a good job but it's they just sank back, um, really, at the back four that wouldn't really come out. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, yeah, mm. I'm happy to have beaten them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it did feel like at times we were, we were sort of trying to push butter up a hill. And, uh, you know, every time that Kane sort of had those those balls where he could pick Sonny out, it was sort of rebounding off a defender. And you did just get that horrible, sneaky feeling at, at times last night, you know, that... You know, maybe it was going to be one of those games and that, you know, it's going to be the sort of team that always tends to, to trip us up. But I think, like I say, the, the difference and, and I think why we're so pleased is that, you know, where our, our, the difference was, was the fact that we had, you know, the, the quality up front and uh, and ultimately that was enough to, to bring the three points home mm-hmm. and that was much needed. And I think it sort of allowed us as fans to sort of take a little bit of a, a deep breath and just you know as I said earlier in the pod the, the main thing last night was 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 the three points that's that is you know 
the bottom line and and we got it and you know you can't not be pleased with that if you if you're a if you're looking at all the fixtures over the course of a season right and there's going to be ones that stand out for various various um, reasons. So, for example, from our perspective, you know, the North London derby, home and away. Um, for me, the games against Chelsea are always quite quite tasty. You know, then you look at the the other sort of teams around the top. Um, you know, the United, the Liverpool, the Cities, playing those teams also away from home, tough test. And then you've got a team like. Burnley in previous seasons, maybe a Stoke when Pulis was manager, West Brom when Pulis was there. And these are difficult places to go to, and not just for us, but for a lot of other teams. Um, Stoke, we, Stoke in recent years, there was a particular period of time where we seemed to be just beating them home home and away, particularly even away on two occasions, four nil, and it was a routine thing. And and but you know, but prior to that, it was it was it was difficult. Um, West Brom had, had, had been a tough ground to go to, and and Burnley in the last couple of seasons, it's been difficult. So and they're going to make it difficult for you. So to go there and get a result, and it's this early in the season. Keep a clean sheet, and that's it. It's done now. It's out of the way. Simple as that. We don't have to worry about it. We don't. Oh shit! We've got to go to Burnley on, on a, on a, on yeah. a wet, cold, and wet day in April <laughs> when we're chasing maybe a league title or something, and then we blow it on a on a Monday night or something like that. We don't. We, the, there isn't. It's done. It's finished. It's it's in the bag. That's it. And we can move. We can move on. And although we've got to play them again in the league, I'm not overly worried about playing them at home. Um, I think it'll be less of a less of a, usually it's less of a test when, when we play them at our stadium. Um, Dominic Sibley, uh, Twitter handle is at Dom Sib. Not really a question, but a shout out to Lamella. He has his critics, but arguably he changed the game. Now. That's, that's quite a statement from from Dominic. Um, uh, when when he came on, I think maybe a few people prior to that were thinking Bale, Vicinius, Who else did we have on the bench? I and mean, there, there were a few others um, uh, were maybe more likely candidates. Regulon. A few people were calling for Regulon to come on for Ben Davis. I noticed a lot of Spurs fans were critical of both Ben Davis and Doherty last night. Um, I think actually the decision to play both of them. Firstly, we've we've got a squad, and, I, and we're going to see those strong squad now. We're going to see those full backs getting rotated quite a bit as, as games come thick and fast. Um, I think the decision to pick them was the right one because Burnley is a physical place, and they're going to get balls into the box. And I don't know. Regulon seems a smallish guy. I don't know that he's ready yet to. With the physical demands of, of 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 the league, and I think Ben Ben Davis and Doherty would be would have been be- yeah. be- better suited to, to defend those um, yeah. set pieces. And yeah, maybe both both of them going forward didn't have their best games in a Spurs shirt. But I, you know, yeah, that's a side. Um, but yeah, Lamella. A few fans were surprised at that, and they were saying, "Well, that's not, it's not the sort of game for Lamella." And I've got to say, he didn't put a foot wrong, and it, and his his corner was, was was a delight. That that for ball to. The ball into the box that Kane flicked on to to, to Sonny to score. Yeah, it was lovely, wouldn't it? It's lovely. I don't know if they they, they practice that one uh, to swing it out, but um, Sonny's movement was exemplary. He just span off, went round, unmarked, 
thanks very much. Oh, you couldn't you couldn't make it up, could you? The pair of them again, one, one assists and one scores. Um, what is it, Sonny? Now he's now got ten goals and four assists uh, in the last five matches, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely, last five matches. Yeah, that's incredible record, really incredible. But yeah, great movement, wasn't it? Great bit of movement, just to break him down. I think what struck out, I mean, Lamella. Um, yes, he did change things, and he was right to come on. I, I know there are a lot of people that are criticising him. This is a squad game uh, now. It's a big squad for Spurs, and Lamella is perfect for our squad. Not necessarily for the team uh, as a starter, but he is a very good squad player. And I needed him to come on in these maybe dark arts. I needed him to come in and rust, rustle them up. And it, it, it changes their thinking, doesn't it? They have to start thinking again because he runs at players. Sure, he loses it, but that's the, that's the gamble you take. If you want to try and win the game, that's what you do. You know, you, you, if you keep passing it at the back and doing nothing, it, it's, it's just going nowhere. We were just sleepwalking into a draw. Bring him on and have him run at them. And that's what he did. I can't say he won the game, but I certainly think he had his effect and helped. Mm. I think another thing that was standing out was the fact that we had got a player on the pitch, i.e. La Celso, that was going to create anything. And I think that showed how a little bit negative we set up. So we did well, we had, do something in the end. We had Don Ballet on the pitch. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's very good at dancing around and he does create something. I mean, Hoybear set one up um, against Manchester United. Lovely ball inside the fullback, but he's not doing it all the time. Mm. And I don't think players expect that ball so they don't make the run. That's the difference. Uh, they're seeing the ball then go back. I mean, they're making these little runs up front. I could see Sonny and Kane sort of moving and then the ball doesn't come and they come back out. And the moment Ndombele or, or Hoybear get it, they're expecting that ball to go back square so they don't make the runs and once Lamella comes on then they think you know I might try and find a little gap between the the, the uh, centre-backs I think that's what the it, difference was it's Don Ballet and, and now we're sort of starting to see um, some level of consistency and and, and improved fitness for yeah. him um, from from him rather um, do you see him um, as the the sort of deep lying player that the, the the Dembele or the Luka Modric and Lacelso is more the if you like the Ericsson, the person who's that bit more yes. creative or clinical in the final third. Yes, I do. Do you, Zoe? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I mean, just just to come back on the point about um, Lamella, just just briefly um you have to remember as well he was coming uh, who came off for him he, he came on for lucas mora who had done sort of relatively you know little in in the game and you know there's a you know the thought of the fact that you know lucas mora is seen more as the as the impact sub but for for some reason he's he's sort of earned a starting place under jose Mourinho, rightly or wrongly and and so now lamella has sort of taken that that role of of impact sub and you know, as we saw yesterday, he came on and was it Lamella that took the corner that we yes, saw? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Maria yeah. could take credit on in terms of, you know, it was him that, you know, decided to bring Lamella on in, in place of Lucas, who was doing relatively little. And ultimately, that's what won us the game. So, mm. you know, Mourinho can, can put that in his little 
back pocket and walk away from the game and thinking, you know, I've done my job there and so have the players. And, you know, I think Lamella this season, I mean, we've he's had false dawns before, but I really feel, I mean, I, I tweeted something similar earlier, but I really feel that this season, it could be the most defining season for Eric Lamella in Spurs, in his whole time at Spurs. I think Mourinho is the, is the manager that could potentially, fingers crossed, and I hope that I'm not eating my words in you know a few weeks or months' time, but I really think he could, he could bring the best out of Lamella. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs to stay fit and not, and yeah. not get yeah, injured. He does. Um, he does. I think he had... You know, he's been at the club for now seven-plus years. Um, at the time, we spent a fair bit of money. Maybe the expectations were also quite high, having, having sold Bale all those years ago. And I think... You can sort of excuse maybe one season of having an injury issue, but to, I don't know what stats in front of me, but I'd, I'd, I'd imagine that he's not played as much as um, he should have over seven years because of a lot of that because of injuries. Um, and if I was to say, and I had on heart, I believe this, I think he had a really good season in 15-16 when we were chasing Leicester. I think he played, from what I recall, he played a lot of football. He was an integral part of that. Of the of the if you look at us probably our strongest starting eleven that season and our most regular starting eleven I think he 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 was in that team and then he got injured the, the following season very early on and then we didn't see him for a while and I've got no I can't see him being a regular now because we've got other other we've got lots of other players and and that question mark over fitness always hangs but for me if he's if he remains fit then I think he's a really good impact player, he's a really good squad player to have um, and if he can provide a valuable, valuable contribution I don't really care what, what other fans say or, or, or his, his critics believe me if he's if he's able to stay fit and he's an option that we can always call upon from the bench then he's, he's a really good he, he's, a, he's a wise old head now to have in the squad yeah mm-hmm. um Right, let's talk a bit. We sort of touched on it earlier, but let, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about that partnership, Kane and Son partnership. There are two questions, essentially the same thing. For Sam Diggins, he says, with the emerging super partnership of Son and Kane, where would you place them as Tottenham's best striking partnership? And then another one from Gilly, um, similar sort of thing. He just says, where, where does the very modern Son Kane partnership stand with our great ones in more traditional times um, like Gilzine and Chevers, Crooks and Archibald, Sheringham and Klinsman, etc.? Um, there was a stat um, last night, I think, on, on Sky, um, and it said, I saw it on the BBC website as well earlier today. So in terms of combinations in the Premier League era, because everybody knows that football didn't exist before the Premier League was created, um, in the Premier League era, um, the most prolific duo in terms of, um, I think, goals and assists, or is it just goals? I don't know. Um, is Drogba and Lampard with 36. And Sonny and Kane are sitting in second place with... with um, 29 goals um, right. and mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll only be a matter of time that yeah. they'll break that and by matter of time I mean this season not not over the next few seasons 36 should be fairly attainable for, for, for those two um, it's yeah I mean it's in in my lifetime supporting Spurs I can't think of a better 
better partnership. The ones that were mentioned, Gilly, I mean, you've got more, more recent times, I think Ber- Berbatov and Keane uh, had a really good understanding, a really good partnership. Um, it's interesting listening to interviews subsequently that Berbatov has given and also Keane. They just seem to have a sort of telepathic understanding without really working on it. A lot, lot of, often a lot of these, a lot of these prolific partnerships do and also I think it suited them in that um, Kane was quite happy sorry not Kane Robbie Keane was quite happy for example to to be be the creator of goals sometimes and and put Berbatov through there, there wasn't any there wasn't that sort of rivalry between them um, that was a good partnership and the Clinton Sheringham partnership that was only there for a year in 94-95 that was that was a fantastic partnership but to be fair anybody that played with Teddy Sheringham benefited from that whether that was later on Chris Armstrong at Spurs um, and obviously Alan Shearer with England Um, Sheringham was somebody who could drop off um, and his passes were Kane-esque his his assists um, I can't comment on on some of the other players mentioned maybe maybe David can but yeah the, the son Kane partnership is right up there. Yeah, Zoe, mm. what do you think? And your your time? <laughs> I mean, uh, like I say, I mean, I was, I was, in '94, I was two, three, two or three years old, so I, I don't have a, an actual recollection of of that partnership. But like like you say, I, you know, I have a I have a, a a strong recollection of the Berber and, and Keane one, and then obviously in in later times there was Defoe and, and Crouch, who weren't necessarily as prolific as Sonny and Kane have been in the last couple of weeks, but you know there was certainly an understanding there with you know the big man, little man. But you know the the numbers that that they're putting in, what are we five, six games in the season. And I know mm. it feels like we've had, you know, we had those um, those games in the Europa League, so it feels like we've played three times more than anyone else. But um, this the sheer numbers that they're putting in right now, five games in. I mean, it's frightening. If they could consistently keep that up throughout the rest of the season, they've got to be right up there as as a in terms of a a, a goal scoring and, and assisting partnership. And I mean, how long how long has uh, Sonny been at the club now? He, he came what in twenty fifteen. Yep. So you know they've been they've been at the club together a long time now, and they're clearly good friends off the pitch. And you know they they know each other's game inside out now clearly. So you know it's. It's about playing them in a position whereby they can get the best out of each other, and and I think Kane dropping back, and I, and I think that's partly in terms of you know uh, losing Ericsson. We we sort of haven't really missed his creativity because of of of, of how Harry stepped up in terms of setting up um, goals for others. You know, he's he's in no way like a a a, a, a cam or a, cent, a creative midfielder. He's definitely a striker, but. He's just so unselfish. And to be one of the best strikers in Europe, the captain of your country, and to be unselfish, I think that's that's a huge mark of, of, of his of his personality, of, of his demeanour as a as a person. And it's an honour to watch him play for my football club, it really is. You know, I can't say enough how much I enjoy watching Harry Kane play. But before I go back to, to, to David and, and, and ask about some some of the players from yesteryear, um, one thing about Kane um, is that he's always he's always had it in his 
locker to drop deep and to create goals. Um, he's done that before, not to this degree, but he's done that before. And I think again on Sky last night they did this really good thing where before the show Jamie Carragher went through all these chances. They weren't assists because they they didn't result in goals. But so they, didn't, they were never recorded as, as assists, but there were chances that Kane had created over the years, and and it was you know he's he's been doing this for for a long time. It's not like he's suddenly reinvented himself, but he's you know we're we're getting that those chances are now suddenly maybe there's, there's more of those chances, and also those chances have been created have, have been oh, sorry been converted so, so into goals. So it's it's much more magnified, but it's a lesson to any footballer. It's a lesson to, so for example, I'm picking on him, but, but Deli Ali. If you look at, if you look at Kane, he's come along and he said, right, well, I've got. I'm not just a striker. I've got this string to my bow as well. You know, he's he's developing. He's actually, he's not standing still. And maybe that's a lesson for somebody like Deli Ali that he wants to get. He's he's a quality player, and and arguably he should be in nearer to the starting lineup than he is at the moment. But he's not getting in. And and there's maybe there's a wake up. There should be a wake up call there for for him for for someone like Delhi, for example, or any player in the team to not rest on their laurels and to to not stand still and to just continue to improve. And I think Kane is the perfect um, example of a, of a footballer that that continues to improve. We all know if you if you if you stand still in life, then and don't don't. Um, don't improve, then suddenly you 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 you'll you'll start to regress and um and he's he's Kane is just continuously improving. Sorry, I'm waffling on about that, David. Uh yeah, if we go back, um, I say a little bit. You got Crooks and Archibald, uh, wonderful strike force, um, and Hoddle used to supply them. Hoddle used to take the ball in midfield, which is sort of a little bit of how Harry Kane when he drops deep takes it turns Hoddle didn't even look he used to ping it into the corner flags towards that area and Crooks and Archibald used to swap over they used to be sort of 20 yards apart then they make diagonal runs across each other into the corners pick the ball up um, and then play was brought up so that, that, that you know they held the ball up down there and it was a wonderful partnership between Crooks and Archibald but not as good as Kane and Son not as good you got Greaves and Gilsey uh, the G-men, superb between them. But my point here will be is, then we went on to once we got rid of Greaves, which broke my heart. Um, Gilzine and Chivers, and it was seamless. Why? Because Gilzine was such a quality player, wonderful touch. Both head, I mean, he's only five foot ten, but my goodness me, he won the ball in the air so often, little flicks. He used to put. Vaseline, which a lot of centre forwards did, they were good at heading the ball. Put Vaseline on their eyebrows and probably a little bit on their head. And it used to skim off. And it used to seem to come off faster than it hit his head. And it really surprised the defenders and off Chivers would go. It was a wonderful partnership and they really read each other. In fact, I would say if you want to know how Gilzine used to play, well, look at Sheringham. Um, they're very similar players, but the point being, is, and a lot of people my age would say the same, these guys did it on terrible pitches, and they still did it, whereas these lads, um, Kane and Son, are doing it on carpets, a little bit of Axminster, mm-hmm. so they, they, they have a little bit of an advantage, it's difficult to, but I, I, I don't know any, I, I can't remember anybody better at the moment between the pair of them, um, 
that's all I'll say. Um, I, with their best, well, I'd like to see them a little bit longer, see how they do this season. If we start winning trophies, I, I might just turn around and say, yeah, you know what, these are the best. But they're as good as anything, certainly at Spurs, that's been before them. Mm. And I can't, I can't think of much better. Um, Toshak, Keegan, maybe. But, uh, you know, they were a great partnership if you're looking at other teams. But they are, are just wonderful together. But uh, interestingly, this Kane coming off with Manchester United, this tactic, um, Kane, I can remember, he dragged Maguire out. Maguire was following him. Maguire's going through a tough time. And I think he thought he, he'd try and show he, he could still do a job and do it well. So he goes following Kane. Kane stops, gets a free kick, quick free kick. Off Son goes. Where's he go? Where Harry Maguire should have been. So he's dragging centre-backs out. Yesterday, particularly, uh, the Burnley back line didn't move. They remained marking space, not marking Harry. They let him go. And in order to try and ping a ball into that space, there wasn't space because Burnley was still there. So our fast boys weren't given uh, that that area to run into that Kane can find. So that, I think we probably held on to uh, Lucas Moura too long because the, the speed merchants, Burnley knew that, that, that they wouldn't have the space to run into. So that's why they should have changed maybe um, a little bit earlier. Mm. But well, what a wonderful combination. But teams are going to get a bit wise to it. I think they'll watch what Burnley did. Well, no, they will. And they'll say, yeah, the centre-backs, you stay where you are. Don't go following Kane. We'll let our midfield do that. The good thing about it seems we'll get wise to it, but the good thing is we've got you know Kane Kane, Kane can play a number of different ways, um, and we've now got a lot of different attacking options, yeah. so we can mix it up. Mm. That's that's a really good thing um, if we need to, as and when we we need to. Um, right, we don't have a Tottenham women's update this week. I don't believe they're playing until a week Saturday. Um, we will we will take more of your questions um, we'll ask we'll finish off the pod by asking Zoe her Spurs heaven and hell um, we're going to talk some Europa now in fact actually before we talk talk, talk about the Europa League uh, and a few things around that um, we've got Brighton next in the in the league on Sunday um, very briefly um, can we keep the momentum going and, and getting a victory I mean we've got We've got Brighton in the league, and then we've got West Brom away, on paper. You know, and then that I think, and then I think then then it's an international break, and then we play Man City at home, and then Chelsea at the end of the month away. So on paper, we've got two relatively. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you know, two. Should we say two of the lesser teams in Brighton and um, West Brom ahead? Um, the ahead of us, good opportunity to to, to build some momentum and. Starts a closer gap on, on on the league leaders. Zoe. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think I think the international break came at a, a sort of a, 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 a worst time for us. Like, you know, we just sort of we just tonked United, and and then we had the international break. And I think what the start of the season and you mentioning the Europa League has, has sort of shown us is that you know it doesn't it hasn't really hindered us in terms of you know there was a lot of fix we had a lot of fixture congestions early on in this season but that sort of gave us some momentum that led us to that point where we did tonk United 6-1 and then it sort of came to a, a bit of a, a standing start with um, with the international break and, and I think with this team I think we just need to 
go on a, a, a decent run. And uh, the, like you say, they're, they're two games against Brighton and uh, West Brom that we can we can certainly uh, we can certainly continue that run. Again, as well, they're, they're, they're two teams that can also, you know, stop you in your tracks. And I think it's important that we, like you say, like you said earlier in the pod, you know, respect them and respect their their way of playing. But, you know, trying to go there with the ultimate thought in our mind that, you know, we have to come away with three points in both these fixtures. Because obviously, like you said, we've got Chelsea and City in the subsequent games after that. Um, I think it's going to be a bit of a balance now we've got obviously Europa on Thursday as well so you know it's about utilising the squad well and hopefully you know I, I like to think we could we could get six points but then you know <laughs> the Premier League is a, is a completely different beast and anyone on their day at the moment can, can give you a shock so you know I just want us to perform well and, and, and uh, try and get the best out of, out of everyone that's, that's fit at the moment that's all we can ask, really, isn't it? Well, against Lask, um, we mix it up again. Now, six new signings started against Lask, and that's mm. not including Rodon, um, which I, I suspect he will play on Thursday, Rodon. And, and you've, got, you've got the other signings again. So I, I guess it would have been a worry at the beginning of the season uh, before we started signing all these players. When we landed in Europa... Uh, it was a bit of a oh, crikey and then not only that Arsenal then dump us into pre-qualifying which I, I, I still think is a, a shocking set of rules but still that by the by um, we've got all these games to play but now we've got this really two men every position it seems and two players every position all covered so when people again want to complain about Lamella he's doing a fine job and he's doing a fine job as being uh, a part of the squad which needs to play all these games. You know, we don't want... We're all worried that Harry's going to do his ankle again or something. Well, he probably won't start again on Thursday. So there's a, you know, there, there's a good bonus of having this uh, good squad. So I, I don't see it. I mean, ordinarily I say, well, we may have a bit of a problem playing all these games. You know, Brighton have got all week to prepare for this. Mm. But, but we should be all right. I, I think we're going to get used to it. I don't see Brighton as a problem. They'll set up well. They've got a good manager. Um, they will set up well, but I think we've got too much for them and certainly got too much for West Brom. Whether we win is something else, but we should do. There's not there's not a game at the moment that I'm not um, not believing that we could come out with actually all, at least a draw or all three points. And I'm talking about all the teams, be it the Man City's and Liverpool's. I think we can go and play a game against them and get something out of those as well at the moment. I really do. Hmm. I think that uh, yeah, and I mean Brighton it should be a game that we can we could, we could win. Um, should win. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, and if we do, if we do, I, I, I don't know who I don't know the teams above us. What what off the top of my head, I'm not. Don't, I don't know who's playing who, but um, if we win, given the fact that there's very few points between. Us and um, first place, uh, the teams and the teams above us. Um, if other results go go away, we could climb a few places. Um, I think it's just it's early days, but I, I do think that if we can if we can improve on our defence, 
then I think that will stand us in very good stead for the rest of the season. Yes. In very good stead. Yeah. Sim- simply because I just don't think... I mean, City, for me, City and Liverpool are the best. Over the last couple of years, two or three years, have been the best two teams. They've set the bar really high. And I don't think anybody can can catch 95-plus points. Oh, I don't know what Liverpool... might have been slightly less last season for Liverpool, but certainly season before. I don't think anybody can catch that. But I don't think those teams are going to get for a number of reasons I don't think they're going to achieve that this season so it's going to make it much more open and it seems that way at the moment um, just on Europe we played yeah we played last last Thursday Vicinia started Bale had his first darts since returning um, seemed to be a comfortable game for us we've got Antwerp next on on um, on Thursday and, and I think we'll Probably we've all agreed that agreement here. This should be a group that Spurs can qualify and and even yeah. win the group without yeah. any problems. But what did you make of um, Vicinius and Bale starting the other night? What were their their performances? Sorry. Yeah, I don't think the team really got out of out of first gear in in terms of actually um, the, the game against Lask. I think I was very impressed with with Vinicius. Actually, I was um, I thought he was really he looked really good actually in terms of um i think was it was it him that that assisted uh t- i think it was two assists he got on the night wasn't it mm-hmm. so again yeah. again he's he's in that sort of hurricane mold of yes he's, a, he's he's a striker and that's what we've brought him in to do is to put the ball in the back of the net but then he's got this quality in terms of looking to set up others for goals and i think you know that is just as important as putting the ball in the back of the net at, at times i think he looks very. He looks very physical. He's he, he's a big lad, and uh, but not big in a clumsy way, if you know what I mean. He doesn't look cumbersome when he moves. He he looks very lean, and uh, he's tall, but he's but he can certainly um he can certainly uh, move the ball quite well. What you're saying is he's not Lorente. Yeah. Oh, I, I did have I did have Fernando in my head when I was when I was uh, t- talking about Vinicius, but like I don't know, you can just you can just see he's he's got that bit more of a like technical nous than I, and I'm I'm just thinking back to like the strikers we've brought in in recent years, like Soldado and Janssen and Lorente, and no disrespect to any of those guys because you know they don't need me to harp on about how poor I mean. Bar Lorente, who, who had some important moments for yeah. us, but how poor that they they actually had their their time in, in Spurs were. And I just look at Vinicius, and I I don't know, I just I I see something a bit different in him, mm. and I I think he could adapt well to the squad we have at the moment, and I think he can play alongside Kane and, and as as well as obviously in place of, and and I think he's. For the for the fact that we've got him in on loan as well, we you know, with an option to buy, it's it's certainly um it's certainly not a, a risk financially that if he doesn't work out how we want to, we, you know, we, we're not taking the hit in that in that way. It's almost like a try before you buy, and I, and I I was impressed with his first performance, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful ball. He's, I mean, it was lovely control and squared the ball. Um, to uh, Mora, really was real quality. Um, it was a shame the ninth minute header he missed, 
but he got there he was in the right place and that's what he showed actually during the evening he was getting into the right places a lovely little knockdown for Son in the 84th minute for the goal um, it, th there was a lot to like a lot to like and yes you're right he, he's, he's showing all the right qualities uh, big lad he, shame he was going to come on yesterday before we scored yeah. and that was quite that was quite interesting because he was warming up and I thought yeah that's the right choice get him up there Kane get de getting in there for the knockdown but as soon as, as, as we scored, he was packing, wasn't he, back into the stand. Put your shirt on, lad, and we'll put somebody on and we'll hold on to the 1-0 win. Thanks very much. Uh, that was a shame. Everybody seen what he could have done, but three points is three points, and that's the important thing. So I'm looking forward to Thursday night to have a look at Vicinius again, because mm. I'm sure he'll start. He looks more than, than capable of um, doing a job for us uh, in the Europa League to start off with. He looks mobile, which I think will, yep. will some of the other strikers that mm. Zoe mentioned well, I don't, didn't look that mobile. The, the chance that he missed fairly early on, when I saw that, oh God, shaves of Janssen. But I tell you, the, the, the thing about that is, right, all strikers, even top strikers like Harry Kane, they will, they miss chances like that. That's not that's not yeah. a surprise. They, they'll miss headers like that. That's fine. But the, the thing is, if you're, if you're playing well regularly like Kane is, and you miss chance like that it's not magnified when you when you flip side of the corner you're something like Benson and he's trying to get the first your first Spurs goal and you keep doing that then it's magnified then it starts to, to weigh heavily on on, on on that player's head and, and the doubt starts to, to set in very early days for um, uh, Vicinius but he missed a chance he just got on with it and he played well and that's the thing that that for me was the the, 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 the thing that I liked about it you know he a couple of assists looked good looked mobile didn't seem to weigh on the miss sort of didn't seem to affect him and, and I'm sure that when other chances come his way hopefully he'll he'll be there in the right place um, which you know like a predator like, like Kane it Happens to find himself in those positions, and 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 he'll take them. And and that, I felt that was like somebody like, for example, Janssen. I just felt that he didn't he didn't give us a good contribution in terms of goals. Um, and and even his all round play seemed to be a bit sluggish. And and and, and Vicinius looks looks sharp. He's not gonna he's not gonna play as many games as Kane or anywhere near that. So by virtue of that, he's not going to get as many goals, but I'm sure he will chip in with goals when he's picked and when we need him to, and it gives us another option. And more important than all of that, the thing that I really liked about Thursday wasn't the victory. That goes without saying. It wasn't the fact that Vicinius had a decent game. goes without saying. It wasn't the fact that Bale got, was it 60 minutes under his belt? Yeah. Um, but that was good. That was very important. The best thing about Thursday night was the fact that Harry Kane didn't even have to kick a ball and he got yeah. got 90 minutes rest and we still won and that's that's really good and I think that's going to hopefully prolong Kane's um, number of matches he plays plays this, this season and, and, and hopefully you know he'll be fresh and we can get get the best out of him. Just a, a mention of Regulon, I thought he was superb as well again on on Thursday night. Um, Right, we've got one, two, three questions. Let's just quickly go through them. Mark Stoll, who do you think will score the most goals for us outside of Sun and Kane this season? Ooh, that's a good question. That's such a good question. It's, I mean, it's hard to see beyond Sonny and Kane at the moment being on the score sheet. Um, see, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe Lamella. 
po- quite possibly. I mean, he scored a couple for us already, hasn't he? He scored the the vital one against Chelsea in the in the Carabao Cup. Who knows? I mean, really, it's it, it's anyone's guess, really. I mean, I know we're ignoring the fact that Bale's cropping up, and he, you know, he is the again the the next one in that in that three. But I don't know. I've, I've just got a feeling that that Lamella could just crop up with a few important ones this year. Who, who knows? I, I don't care who scores, really. Joe Hart could could hit a, a, a long ball from the goal line and it's bouncing <laughs> over the keeper like <laughs> like Robbo all those years ago. I wouldn't care. I just want us to get the ball in the back of the net and, and, get, some, and get some wins at the end of the day. I don't care who scores it. It's a very interesting question by Mark and I'm trying to work out what was behind it, but my take on his question, and I think he's, he's probably asking the same, somebody else should be chipping in with goals from mm. midfield. And he's right. If he's, if he's thinking that or prompting us to, to come up and say, we are not... I mean, all the time these two are scoring, we're winning games, three points, etc. Who cares, as you say, Zoe? Who cares? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, uh, Jose Mourinho come in and head it, head it in for all I care. But... Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it's interesting that we do need the midfield to step up, and it should really be Ndombele. Yeah, he's uh, the, the boys, choice, isn't he? Well, it, it should be chipping in. Or Le Celso. Yeah, or Le Celso, mm. getting some shot. But, but Ndombele is probably a strong guy, but I don't see it from him. I think Bale will be the third top scorer by the end of the season. But um, I do think that there's there's a it points. Mark's question does point mm. a slight weakness, because as I say... They're catching up with Kane and his tactics, so he's got to change again um, how he does things. And the fact that we've got other players to come in will change the dimension of what defenders have got to think about. But we do need the the midfielders to chip in um, with this. While Kane is not going to, it doesn't work. We can't find the spaces. We do need Dembele, Lacelso to to be a th- more of a threat than they are. I think in the past the answer to that question would have been easy. It would have been Deli Ali. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps Christian Eriksen. Um, okay, one of those isn't at the club anymore. Delhi is, but doesn't look at the moment like you know he's he's as close as where he should be. Um, in the you know he, he wasn't he didn't even travel with the squad yesterday. I suspect he'll be on the bench again on Thursday. But yeah, um, yeah Bale for me for me Bale. I think that. The concern, Mark's right to point that out, and the concern, you know, if something did happen, if, if Son or Kane got injured, there's no doubt the other one would would, would still continue scoring goals. I don't, but, and somebody like Vicinius now would come in, yeah. and hopefully they would score goals. But yeah, you, you do need, you do need goals from other departments on the pitch. Of course, over the course of a season, your fullback might get the odd goal, centre-backs usually from, from corners, set-pieces, headers, fine, but, but generally they'll be Good midfield players, I would say, would contribute between five to ten goals over the course of a season, depending on I mean, midfield can be. You know, is Deli Ali a, mid- a midfield player? Is he much more of a f- um, sort of an advanced attacking mid- midfield? If, if 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 you've got that sort of player, then yeah, maybe near nearer fifteen to twenty. But another, uh, 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 you know, somebody like a. Just off the top of my head, somebody like from another team, like a, I don't know, a Wijnaldum or a J- Jordan Henderson or whoever, you'd hope that 
they, for, for, for those teams, they would like Flicks to get between five or ten. And at the, at the moment, I don't see that from anybody else in the squad right right at this moment. Yep. Isn't it funny how we were like waxing lyrical about Vinicius and not one of us said him as the third choice of of, of, of being up there with the goal scoring thing? Because you know he will uh, play with Kane at, at some point. I really I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. I think simply because I think I think it. it yeah, he will. But I, I think that still got to look at it. That Kane's gonna Kane's gonna be playing the vast majority of, of games. Yeah, there might there might be the odd game where we play. I, I suspect that why we didn't mention him is because I think we probably. I'm guessing. I think we probably think that Kay, uh, Bale will feature in more games alongside Kane than Vicinius would alongside yeah, Kane. Yeah. And plus it's Gareth Bale, so we sort of yeah. expect that stardust from him. All right, Jacob Hodges, um, uh, question from him. He says, we clearly aren't a traditional Jose team with a clinical defence. Now, this was written, this question came in prior to the match against Burnley. Um, is the tall left-sided centre-back our key to finally getting a clean sheet or are there any other areas at which we need to take a better look? Now, I don't know if he means at all left-sided centre-back um, by that, whether he means Rodon. He's not, left side, he's not left-footed, but he has, does play on the left of the two for Wales, or whether he's just talking in more generic terms here. Yeah, so it's always been my beef, as this dominant figure that can ball play. Uh, how many are there about? Not many. You know, um, the Liverpool lad... Um, Van Dyke, he's your quintessential centre back at the moment, isn't he? Except he's injured, but uh, you know he's good in the air, both um, at the back or going forward. He's quick enough that he needs to be to get it, get in there. He's very strong. Um, if we had a Van Dyke, you'd pretty much say because Burnley would be struggling if, if we got a big lad. This Rodon. I did watch him at uh, and the Wales game, and I didn't see very much at all. I thought, I don't know, it was just a quiet game, so I, I have no idea, um, except that, well, obviously, Davis and Bale are saying what a good player he is. And I hope they're right, and maybe he will be. You know, if he could go up, and this is what we're talking about, getting goals, uh, maybe Rodon's that boy to not only defend well, but to go up for corners and, and weigh in with a few. That would be nice. Mm. Yeah, I think I think they're sort of alluding to the to the Milan Skriniar situation that you know, yeah. it's it's in the back of everyone's heads, isn't it? That you know, I mean, January's not not a million no. miles away now, but obviously, you know, in the games where we arguably should have seen it out, what was screaming out was that defence, and you sort of think, you know, for the for the sake of, you know trying to get his signature over the line and they're not doing so is that ultimately going to cost us in the end but I think like you say I think it's it's about putting those games to bed now and moving on in terms of yes it's irritating that that that's what happened and the defence did cost us in those games but we can't we can't look back now and say what if because that, that's that's football it's all ifs buts and maybes you know at, at this point now we have we have to look at the options we have there and and the the task from Mourinho is to is to make us defensively more solid, and try and find that partnership. As you guys were saying, sort of at the beginning of the podcast, finding that per- perfect partnership for each game in order that we don't concede the goals that we have been. And I, I think once we we have that as a foundation, and once that is sorted, I think we're scoring goals for fun. 
you know, at, at the top of the pitch with Sonny and Kane, as, as we've mm. said throughout this podcast. I think once the defence is the last little key to what is a really exciting team. You know, I've, I've not been on the pod with you guys after the, the whole transfer window and, you know, I can't remember a better one in, in, in more recent years. And I was so excited about the... And I thought the business was really smart, you know, the players we did bring in. And, uh, you know, I hope that Joe Roden, I mean, he's 22 years old. And he's a he's a, an international for his country, and they obviously see something in him that made us sort of, if not for now, then certainly for the future. And and, and we've got Tanganga as well to come back. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. So he's he's certainly gonna he's certainly gonna stake a claim for <clears> some <throat> opportunities. I uh, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I think the, the, the yeah the road answered the, the big unanswered question, and it. it uh, it might be that we don't go in for, for, for Skriniar come, come, come January because Roden's the answer, or it might be, like you say, he's one for the future and we still go in for Skriniar. But I, I think the biggest thing is from now to January to for, to work with what we've got and to, to do better than we have been. You know, as Yesterday aside, when we kept a clean, clean sheet, but in the other games, we okay, Wednesday we did against Lask, but other, other than that, we didn't. We haven't so far. We haven't so far. Um, to... to, you know, to 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 do a lot better than what we've been doing with what what we've got. Sure, there are defic- deficiencies there, um, and we need to prove on on that. And maybe that Roden will be the answer. Maybe we'll, we'll get Skriniar in 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 the January window. Uh, final question. Um, apologies if I mispronounce your name. So the question is from Leaf Arva Aroy, who says, "Still my number one Spurs podcast." Well, thank you. Um, I have a question for one of the upcoming podcast with all the great signings this summer should we still expect more in the january window this team has this team have all the offensive power one could dream of but it may leave us wide open in the back is the last piece of the puzzle a fernandino or bushkes type player and they just goes on to say keep up the good work caused mm, nice isn't question. that isn't that sort of player, isn't that sort of player actually Hoiberg? Yeah, I don't think we need a, a defensive in the front of the back line. Hoiberg is is he, and I think we can replace him with other players. I mean, Dyer can come in there as a uh, as a quick cover, although he has a very good um, injury record, as I'm touching wood. Hoiberg does. Hmm. Um, so no, I don't see that one. But I uh, unlikely. But if the one player comes up, which is Skriniar, uh, as you were saying, Zoe. Um, I can see if it's the right price, I can see us going to get him. I really can because Toby's not going on forever, and he may well be sidelined. Um, and Skriniar will come in, but that's. Um, but I won't be surprised if we don't sign. He's got to be at the right price, and for, certainly for Levy, got to be the right price, the right circumstances. But no, it, I don't think we need that player in front of the back line. Um, we've got Hoiberg. I think that if Hoiberg gets injured. That's the only area of the team that I'm slightly concerned that we don't have sufficient cover. I'm not convinced by the other options. I don't think Winks or Sissoko is the different sort of players. I think next season, um, I can see next season Skip coming back and being the yeah. the the option for Hoiberg because he is, from what I've heard, he's doing really well at Norwich. I know it's a lesser league, but he's now playing regular football um, at 
regular men's football rather than you know sort of under 23 that, that sort of thing um and he's doing i think he, he got Man of the match the first time the Rich played this season. I think he got Player of the Month in the Championship last season. So I can see him being the the the, the person that comes in next season if Hoiberg picks up an injury or, or can't play a game this season. I'm just I, we need to basically we need to wrap Hoiberg in cotton ball and we need to get um, if we can get Skriniar in then uh, that doesn't address the Hoiberg position but it, it will strengthen us elsewhere. Just before. So just before I come to you on that, just, just both of you, um, re, regarding Strinia, would you would you consider? I'm gonna say it as if you're both Daniel Levy. Um, would you consider giving Sanchez to Winter in return for and getting having Strinia come the other way? Oh God! Somebody I, I... Pr- proposed this to me the other day. Uh, just suggested it. I understand that in terms of a financial point of view, in ter- like you know, you get you have an asset in Sanchez, and in order to get money off a player like Screenwell coming through the door, you would offer a, a Sanchez in in sort of an exchange. I just don't think we're in a position whereby we can afford to give up one of our options at centre half, even if he has been inconsistent as he has been this season. I don't I don't know whether you can justify sending Sanchez because you know the idea with bringing in someone like Squinia is that it's going to strengthen the team as a whole I think by by allowing a defensive asset in Sanchez despite him not being on form or consistent at, at, at present I think you're cutting your hand off to spite your face then in a way I think you need Toby Dyer uh, Sanchez, Roden coming in now, Tanganga sort of on the cusp of, you know, having very little sort of in terms of experience but can certainly challenge them and then you sort of, you need that another solid player coming in in Skrinra to to solidify those options and I I could see maybe I could see maybe a, a, maybe someone who was surplus to requirements naming no names like a, a Delhi or a, a you know what I mean or or yeah. if, if Sissoko's not going to be a long term midfield option I could see maybe that sort of deal happening but I I don't necessarily see a, a centre back leaving in order for a, a centre back to come in if you know what I mean. Per- personally, I take it right now if if Skriniar is is as good as and I've not seen a great deal of him if he is as good as the club believe him to be, I think that one of our centre backs would then become surplus in January, surely, surely. And if if that's the case, then the one one that I'd probably sh- look to ship would be Sanchez. But that's just my mm-hmm. opinion, David. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd keep Sanchez. I think he's got a lot about him. It's just those little errors. Um, I, I would say I didn't sort of mention the West Ham game, but his positional sense, the own goal was because he was one step too far to the right, and any sensible he's not defending that nasty little channel between the goalkeeper and defenders. That's where he should have been. That's sort of mistakes that he makes. I just I don't know. I just think there's he's got pace, and I want I'd want yeah. him to stay. I like him. Um, he's still raw. He shouldn't be raw. I know what you're going to say. He's, he's, by now, he should be pretty much the complete article, and he's not. And it's a shame. Um, but I'd, I'd want to keep him. I'd want to he's keep cost him. us three goals this season. Yeah. The, cost the, 
Cost West Ham. Points. Yeah, yeah the West West Ham won the Southampton game when he, when Ings did him, um, and and it doesn't matter now. But the goal that we conceded against United early on was just was awful to give to give away that penalty. But anyway, I digress. Um, Zoe, let's finish off with with um, the uh, reoccurring question on the podcast. So, your Spurs, heaven and hell. This could be a player, a, a person, a player, a moment, a memory of your time supporting the club. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I mean, I, I, mean, I sent you guys the message that I was sort of trying to sort of think, and the the scope is so big in terms of like heaven and hell with Spurs. Um, can I start with my hell? Because I I don't want to uh-huh. I don't want to end the pod on a on a sour note. My hell was um, the the year where we were challenging Leicester for the title, and I think it was the it was the West Brom game I I mentioned as as my hell because I, up up until that point I'd really started to believe that something special was happening. I mean we could taste it. That's how consistent we were that season and and we were playing well and everything was just I mean Leicester were were the team but if anybody was going to trip them up and, 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 and sort of stow away in there that you know we were the ones that were ultimately the favourites for that and right up until that game that West Brom game I, I really felt in my bones that we could we could do something and we could you know, potentially win the league that year, and and after that game, I just just remember, just I just felt sick, and I knew that at that point. I think I looked at the, the body language of of the players and Pochettino, and I and and I sort of I knew that that was it gone. And I and I know you could sort of say the same thing about the Champions League final, but I just remember that game. Just the way that I felt after that game, I you know it was it was as it, as hellish as it as it could possibly be, and and uh, I don't know, just it felt like such a wasted opportunity, considering how well we were playing at that time, and you know those players were in the peak of their careers at Spurs, and you just wanted us to get over the line in that regard, and to win the biggest trophy would have just been amazing, but wasn't to be, and and so therefore you know we move on, but. That was my that was my hell, and my heaven. I've gone for um, I've gone for the I'm just getting the date of it. The 16th of August 2009, and that was it wasn't a game of particular significance, but it was the so home Burnley. game. No, that was the home game of uh, we were playing Liverpool, and we won 2-1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that was my very first game of going to what Hart Lane. And I just remember the feeling I had going in the car uh, with my uncle, that the whole match day camaraderie and, you know, the excitement before the game. And, and we won that 2-1 in the end. And the lane was just so loud. Like, my, my, it, my, I came out, out away from it and I'd never been to, like, a, a game before within the stadium. And my ears were ringing and I was like, wow, that... And that's sort of where everything sort of started for me in terms of I'd watched Spurs before, but, you know, I was there in the ground seeing them in front of my own eyes. And uh, Bassong scored that day as well. We, we'd signed Sebastian Bassong and he scored, I think he scored the winner in the end. 
which just shows how um, how but, mad it was. Did but, Benoit Benoit got the other one? Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so th- for me, that's my heaven. Um, it was just where everything sort of started for me, and in terms of following Spurs, and and obviously I've, I'd love them from afar before that, but actually being there and having the whole match day experience, and I think. I, I think why I picked it as well more, is more significant now is because obviously at the, at the moment none of us really have that and in this pandemic and the, the sort of the situation as is it's something that everyone misses hugely and, and that mm. was a, a, a massive point in my Spurs loving so that's why I went for that particularly nothing nothing special it was just the opening day of the season of the 2009 season but I'll, I'll never forget that day no, excellent. I mean, that's yeah. It's it's it uh, holds an important place for you, and that's 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 the important thing with with these sort of heaven and hell um, type questions. Right. We should be recording the next podcast um, either either very late on a Sunday night, um, given the the point at which the uh, time that the Spurs are playing kicking off against Brighton or it will be on on the following day next Monday um, I've not decided but um, rest assured there will be another episode um, sometime early next week until then all that's left for me to say is thank you Zoe thank you guys cheers thank you David yep cheers Jeff thank you to all our listeners this has been the Tottenham Family Podcast So bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.